What's up, everybody? This is Jack Bushman along with Eric Moneybags Hurt. Today is November 27th, and we have a lot to talk about since the last time I talked, which was about a week and a half ago now. Blackhawks have played uh, six games in that stretch and were able to end an eight-game losing streak a couple Wednesdays ago in a one-nothing shutout of the division rival St. Louis Blues. Moneybags, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How about yourself, Jack? Doing pretty well. So, since we last talked, Blackhawks have had a lot of action. They are 3-2-1 and one in their past six games now and bring Jeremy Colleton's head coaching record to 3-4-2. and two. Hawks often struggled, even though they were able to beat St. Louis 1-0 in Minnesota 3-1. to one. But we saw the Hawks get exposed twice in three nights against Washington and Tampa Bay, where they were nearly uh, not nearly good enough defensively to win those hockey games. Hawks found themselves down 4-2 to two for the third straight game Saturday night against the Panthers but battled back in the third period to come out on top 5-4 in overtime. So that is where we are currently at. The Hawks are now 9-10-5 on the season, and we are at a very interesting uh, point in the season, Moneybags. Only mm-hmm. natural to uh, start this conversation off with the most recent event. Nick Schmaltz, no longer a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. traded away Sunday night mm-hmm. to the Arizona Coyotes for Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini, what are your initial thoughts on that one, Moneybags? Well, at first, I didn't wasn't too big of a fan of it, and then uh, I've kind of gone back and forth over the past couple of days. I like it, I don't like it, I like it, I don't like it. Yeah, I've, I've felt the same way. It's uh, it's definitely a gamble for the Hawks, but um, in order to turn the season around, I think that we need to take a gamble. Yeah, and definitely. To get two young guys with good potential for. One guy with solid potential who I still think still could just break out. Yeah, he could be good, but he just didn't seem like he was really fitting with the way the Hawks were trying to play. Just didn't really fit mm-hmm. the style. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. both players, Hawks get in the trade, Strom and Perlini. Uh, they've struggled this season. Perlini just two goals and four assists. Strom has mm-hmm. three goals and three assists, but – we know that the skill is there. Dylan Strom obviously was the third overall pick uh, in a very good draft class, but has yet to show that he can play at that NHL speed. He has just seven goals in 48 career games. Uh, you go back and you look at that 2015 draft class that was stacked, and, of course, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner was taken right behind him, so he's always going to be compared to that. But mm-hmm. he has the 29th most points in the 2015 draft class. So things have really just kind of failed for Strom to pan out in Arizona. Uh, he really wasn't a fit there. Wasn't looking like uh, he was really developing into the kind of center iceman that they wanted him to be. Absolutely. And that is tough for Arizona. There were so many great picks in that, that draft. I think there was like Matt Barzell, Miko Randon, uh, Tom Shabbat, all just a bunch of players went past him. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. We could add another forward too for our depth. We were kind of struggling with the depth there and, if we could get Strom going with the Brinkett and tear yeah, it up like they did nice. in the OHL. I mean, it's... This, this trade has potential. I think... Um, it does. I think one area of the game that I'm sure really caught the eye of the Blackhawks is that uh, Dylan Strom is currently the sixth best face-off man in the league right behind Jonathan Taze at five. So, you know, you look... He was expected to be that second-line center of the future behind Taze, but he just kind of mm-hmm. lagged some of those crucial pieces, I think, that have made up a second-line center that uh, has been part of good Blackhawks teams in the past. You know, Schmaltz, uh, he's 43% at the face-off dot on the season, which if the season ended and he was at 43%, that would be his career best. So, he yeah. out at the dot. Dylan Strom's currently at 58%. Uh, Blackhawks like to play that puck possession game. So, I think if Dylan Strom, you know, if he can 
play tough around the puck and win those faceoffs. I think this will be a nice trade for the Blackhawks. And then, of course, uh, Brandon Perlini, you know, he's got a lot of upside to his game. Obviously, he scored 17 goals last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use that uh, size and speed and that good shot to uh, possibly give, like, the bottom six potentially another scoring uh, scoring winger. Absolutely. And we lacked up. So, I mean, it was a good trade for both teams. I think um, I think Smoltz will do good in Arizona. I think he's they're throwing him on the wing right now. With yeah, he's Keller on that top line and, and uh, Galchenyuk. Yeah, yes. I saw that. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, no, he's dude, he's been given all the opportunities in the world to be good. He's just got to want it. It's so tough because last year, you know, he broke out and, and I was a huge fan of him and I thought he was going to be a huge part of our future. I know, he had and a great... Great. He scored 20, what, 21, 21 goals last goals. year, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's just this year he just seems lost and just nowhere close to where he was I playing know, last I year. I know, I know. And, like, one thing that really stood out to me about the whole situation, too, was, like, even Eddie Olchek on air would get, like, oh, real into him. Be, like, him. He wouldn't take a hit to make a play. Yeah. Doesn't go to the dirty areas very often. Was not the best at retrieving the puck and board battles. Like, I feel like he was too soft and not aggressive enough. Like, playing with Patrick Kane, you got to want to shoot. Right, and it right. just just didn't seem like he really wanted wanted to shoot the puck all that much, you know. He only had uh, twenty shots on goal his last fifteen games, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, he just he just doesn't want to shoot the puck. And I think worst case scenario for this trade too is that um, Strom we just have him on the third fourth line, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, but still a skilled guy. We have him cheap off. for the next two years now too. Right. And anything too, if Perlini doesn't work He's out. He's a free agent we, after this year. Exactly. Free agent, let him go or deadline deal. Or he got some money. Maybe get a pick back. Yeah. So I don't think it was too horrible of a trade. I mean, Nick Schmaltz, I think I think he'll be like at most 60 point player. Obviously, he yeah, that's, have the that's, that's the potential he, he has. He doesn't have the weapons over in Arizona. It's 20 goals, 20 goals, 40 assist areas yeah, where you probably see Nick Schmaltz at his right. best. Right. So, I don't think he's going to get much better than that. So I think we saw his most of his potential here last year, and yeah, I it'll think, be I think it'll this be, gonna be one we're going to wait and see. Him, but yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone, if anything, Arizona wins this trade right away. I guess because they're getting uh, it. Just it's hard to tell right now. I yeah, mean, that's future, what I'm saying. I can't really tell. pick a side right now. But I think it's just a win-win, and it will be a win-win. For, yeah. Down the road too. Don't don't Strom has he's got a lot to add to his game. That's to make the him that second line center, right. you know. He That's, he may be yeah. like good in the dot, but he has struggled to produce so far in his career. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's no doubt he's been underwhelming, especially with Mitch Marner. You know, right behind him. Yeah, I mean, so, he, he's he's definitely the X factor in this trade. He's still we'll young. He's still he's still got a lot of potential in his game, and we got him for you know eight hundred thirty three thousand or something for the next you know year and Absolutely. year and a half. So you know, Perlini's an interesting addition. I think he could really be. A guy who could be slotted anywhere in the current lineup. You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't be shocked to see him on the top line with Taze and Saad, but I also, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not surprised to see him uh, getting kind of eased into the lineup tonight, playing on the fourth line with uh, Stroman Kruger. So I'm not. I could mm-hmm. see him going up and down the lineup. Uh, he's got goal scoring potential. Uh, when he was interviewed for the first time in front of the media the other day, he said, like I said earlier, his strengths are that speed and his shot. Mm-hmm. He's a big boy, six three to eleven. Uh, Mm-hmm. One area of the Hawks struggling is the physicality game. So I think absolutely. I feel like the Hawks just prior to the Schmaltz trade, all their speed came from small forwards who just got checked off the puck 
really easily try and enter the zone. We haven't really, even on the power play, we can't enter the zone. So mm -hmm. we've really had a hard time getting the puck and uh, maintaining it into the offensive area. So Dylan Strom's no small guy either. He's 6'3", 200. Yep. Uh, Strom, he's not a physical guy, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying Strom's a physical right. guy, but he's got 30 pounds on Nick Schmaltz right there. So right. that could be a little bit of a size advantage. Mm -hmm. I think if Perlini can come in, give our, you know, top nine some scoring, that's just a huge addition right there. And then Absolutely. you're still you, you want Dylan Strom to produce, but you can play a little bit of the waiting game with him now that we have him for next year as well. Absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see how he does with the new organization too. I mean, he's only got forty something odd games in the HL. Yeah, like yeah, game yeah. player in the HL last year, which is pretty you know, tough to that's, accomplish. That's tough. Yeah. So, so he's looked good. So often. he's got skill to his game. There's no doubt about it. It's just he's got to put it together at the NHL speed, which absolutely. has been the knack on him. He hasn't right, caught up to the speed yet. But um, so moving on. Fact of the matter was the Hawks, they had no depth scoring in the forward group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now that the season's a quarter of the way through, you really got to see what your team is truly made of and have a better idea of what kind of season it's going to be now that we've played 25 games or so for each team. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty clear that the Hawks' bottom six had little to no scoring touch in this game. Chris Kunitz, no goals in 20 Ugh. games. Rough, Martinson, while well, goal scoring, not his game. Uh, he's been impressive in his checking game. He has no goals in just one point in 15 games. John Hayden has just one goal in one point in 16. And then you add that to our struggling back end. Duncan Keith has no goals. Henry Yokiharu has no goals. Brandon Davidson and Gustav Forsling in partial time have no goals. And then Ruta and Manning just have one. So there are very few players besides the top six forwards who are scoring for this team through 24 it's, games. And then on top of that, DeBrinkett was finally breakthrough that stretch. He had just one goal yeah. in 13 games prior to scoring with 0.8 seconds left in regulation on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And that's so, just tough. You know, you're facing another team with like a, a solid defensive shutdown line and, you throw him up against Kane or Taze's line, and it's just like you're you're restricted to to exactly. one line that can. There's but, not much you can do. Right. So something right. had to be done, and of course, prior to the Schmaltz trade, he had just two goals himself. So yeah. the scoring was essentially coming from Taze, Saad, who both of them last year. Imagine if they were doing as bad as they were last year, how oh, bad we would be doing. Yeah. So all the goal scoring was coming from Taze, Saad, Kane, and then with Seabrook and Gustafson chipping in every now and then. Uh, hopefully so, it's just not, not another 60-70 game where Keith is goalless. Right? Gosh. So just breaking it down in a lot of yeah. ways, this trade does make plenty of sense. Absolutely. You get two former first-round picks who can add to the depth scoring and puck possession for a solid defensive forward that has a ton of offensive upside if mm -hmm. he just becomes more involved and aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, it was becoming more and more obvious that this team was going to struggle to compete with the current roster. Changes had to be oh, made. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think moving Nick Schmaltz and putting the ball in the court of the Arizona Coyotes, not really a bad move. Uh, I think I thought before the move of bridge deal was probably going to happen with around, you know, 4.5 to 6 mil for maybe two years or something being the asking mm -hmm. price for Schmaltz. And with the way that he was playing the season, it was There's just hard no to say. To yeah, it was yeah. just hard to say I believe in this guy long-term as our second-line right. center. So well, the, the Hawks offered him a contract last summer and he turned it down and he wanted to bet on himself this year to maybe yeah, get more money, but that kind didn't of happen. Bit him in the butt and yeah, for maybe, real. Maybe thank, thank God for one hockey guys on our side that he didn't yeah, right. maybe both. Yeah, we'll see. Be I, exactly. This, Time yeah. will tell on this move, but for right now, I don't disagree with it. So mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I'm fine with it. I mean, only time will tell. Yeah, and exactly. Can't, we definitely can't. need the depth. So, yeah, that was the biggest 
hole in our offensive game, clearly. So, obviously, the trade was the groundbreaking news since the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Hawks have actually they, they've been playing a little bit better. You, you see them making yeah. a little bit of waves, you know, beating division rival St. Louis and Minnesota in their old shutdown fashion. Corey yeah. Crawford was great, allowing just one goal in those two games. And Corey Crawford just continues to be fantastic. Allowed two goals in that three-game span versus St. Louis, L.A., and Minnesota. And mm-hmm. it, it just seems like uh, the defense, if they can just adjust to that system that Jeremy Colleton is running. You know, Corey playing sound every night pretty much. I really oh, yeah. haven't. There haven't been many times this season where I've said, man, that was a bad goal that Corey Crawford just right. there. Yeah. He's been standing on his head most nights, especially that first period against Tampa Bay. It could have been 6-7 oh, nothing. Oh, that was disgusting. Boy. Yeah. So those games where, you know, Crawford allowed two goals in three games, yeah, he was great. But the defense, you know, they got to be better still. The problem with the Hawks is every time they play a great offense or a legit Stanley Cup contender, it shows. the defense yeah. gets exposed. And, I, yeah. you know, Tampa Bay, as I said, that was ugly. And, First period has been a strong point for the Hawks this season. And the last three games, they've fallen on their face in the first period each time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 tough because I feel the Hawks. We have a lot of solid five six guys, maybe one three four guy and one top pairing D man. And I mean the new age of the NHL. It's it's quick moving, get the puck out and transition. And I know. when you have guys like Jan Ritter, Brent Seabrook, they just kind of lost their speed. They're, the speed's not their game, and Mm-mm. it's tough to get, get out of the zone. I mean, I mean, back a while ago, yeah, I mean, defenseman, you know, it could be big, hit, physical, but now the game it's an offensive speed. Game more than ever. It's just so fast, and I you know. see the these guys. The best teams just... have the best offenses now. Uh-huh. Just dominating offensively, and yeah, we saw that early on in the first half of the game against Washington, first period against Tampa Bay. Uh, we really have yet to see this team just play a complete 60-minute game. Uh, it's been – we've been – one period where it's just been a – I know, a every game. It's just one period where it's just – It kills us. It. it kills us. And then and, we just give it all away. And you know, like, it's even on the defense when – against Tampa Bay, he allowed four goals in the first period. Easily could have been six or seven, as oh, we said. Yeah. He wasn't pulled after allowing four, four goals in the first 20 minutes, which tells you something. Mm. It's not his fault. No. You know, no. so those goals, they're not coming on – you know, they're not on his back, not his fault. All right. Crawford's, so, Crawford's the only reason this team is so exactly. relevant this year, and we have a slight chance. Of and listen to this. Spot. Listen to this. If you look at Corey Crawford's numbers, the defense makes him sound awful. Listen to Corey Crawford's numbers right now. 5-8-1 with a two six eight goals allowed average and a nine fourteen save percentage. Yeah, I mean, if Cam right? Ward, if Cam Ward has been playing, if if he was a full starter this year, it would be it would be ugly and it would show. I mm-hmm. mean. I mean, Cam I, was, I don't even want to select in his yeah, select games. Yeah. But I still think if it wasn't Crawford back there, oh man, yeah. this this would be the wheels <laughs> would be falling off. Yeah, it would be I ugly. Mean, it would be we ugly. Be having a different talk. Hopefully, yeah. we saw uh, in practice yesterday. On the bright side, Connor Murphy was yes. back, returning to practice. Yes, yes, Took yes. place in most of the drills. He's not cleared for contact yet. Uh, Murphy himself said he was about a week or so away, at mm-hmm. least from returning. Uh, and even though he had some gas early on in the season last year, adjusting to the Hawks style, he was very consistent in his own zone uh-huh. down the stretch. Solid, dependable. I'm looking forward, yeah. And, yeah, and very, very, very uh, versatile. He can play the left side and the right side. Yeah, so that's huge. Maybe that's he'll huge. slot somewhere in there with Gustafson or Seabrook probably along the lines. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, the end zone defense is the area the Hawks struggle with the most. Yeah. They, it, mm-hmm. There's just gaps every game. I break it down. I watch every goal they allow, and it's in-zone coverage kills them. They're just not 
checking hard enough and supporting their defensemen in front of the net. They have a hard time clearing the puck and dumping chase plays. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when they take penalties, you know, the penalty kill hasn't been any good at all. They're 27th oh. in the league at 75%. Yeah, they've been in the bottom 10. They've been in the bottom 10 penalty kills all season long. Brutal. Special teams kills us. Special teams is a huge flaw. The Blackhawks power play 31st in the NHL oh. at 12.7%. Oh. Next closest oh. is Montreal at 15%. Ouch. So, yeah. Ouch. We're significantly lower than the thirtieth team in the NHL. I mean, they're moving on the right track. We've seen in right. the last couple of games, but at the end of the day, it's about the finished product. You need the puck in the back of the net. You can talk about all the puck movement you want, but right. you got you got to finish the job off in order for it to matter. And I I really need they need to put the puck on that more. It's that we've been Absolutely. saying it all season. Yeah, you got to get defensemen on the. I'm sorry, Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith, but. Neither of them yeah. want to shoot a one-timer nope. on the net. They just fake slappers and pass it. We need guys who want to I mean, shoot that, it back there. We got to put a fourth forward out there or something. Yeah, that's why I, I don't get they don't try. I mean, like, it's it amazes me. I saw today at practice, actually, Keith was not on either of the power play lines, okay. or at least the top one for sure. Okay. It's just, it amazes me the amount of firepower. I mean, I wouldn't say crazy, but I mean, Patrick Kane. Not crazy firepower. Yeah. You got, you should not be last in the league. Dude, come on. I mean, think about, think about like not comparing these lines because the lines are different. And, Mm -hmm. but like, think about the Dallas Stars. All they really have is that top line of Sagan, Radulov, and Ben. Ben. And they just kill it. Like, yeah. I mean, they have a great power play. So. Um, that too, or you were talking to shoot the puck. I, I, when they cycle the puck around for 30 seconds, I get it. You're trying to find the open man, but when you do that, then you miss a pass and you have to reset out of your own zone. It's just like, I got to get back them, to the bread and butter. I'd rather, I'd rather them shoot the puck on net and get a rebound and get a rebound chance. Go to the dirty areas. Yeah, that's exactly. where I hope Perlini goes. I hope, yes. you know, he's not afraid to use his size. Dylan Strom's got to, he's got to put his big boy pants on. He's got to play mm-hmm. big. He's got some, uh, he's got some expectations on his shoulders now. Absolutely. He's playing in a way bigger market and, People are going to be watching him. They know that he played in the OHL with Alex DeBrinkett and Connor mm-hmm. McDavid, and they had success there. And he was third overall pick. Guys know that. There's expectations on him now. So absolutely, he's supposed to be the second line center of the future. He was traded for a player that was, uh, even though he has struggled this year, he was like Nick Schmaltz was loved for his potential and his speed. And oh. for when you first look at the trade and you see that Nick Schmaltz is traded, your natural reaction is no, because that's exactly what yeah, exactly. I was like, like. I was like. No. Yeah, I heard, right. Exactly. When I saw when I saw that Twitter post by It's just Laz. like a natural reaction because you see the Blackhawks trade and Nick Schmaltz and you're like, What? Yeah, I saw like another like a, one bites the dust. <laughs> I saw it was like a Strom for Schmaltz deal and I thought they were talking about Ryan Strom who was just traded. I was like, You've got the brothers just got traded in a yeah, week. Yeah. But I thought they How were about talking it? about Nick Schmaltz for Ryan Strom. I was like, There's no, oh, no, no chance. That would be brutal. That would no be chance. Brutal. And yeah, so I mean, we'll see how it pans out. I think this is probably this is Bowman's uh putting it on the line, saying if this works out, then maybe he gets to keep his job. But yeah, it's yeah this, is, this is a big, this is a big move, big, um, big gamble. He's gambling for his job right now. And if it pays off, it, it'll pay off big. If it doesn't, it's, it's going to be long. And that's the problem with the Hawks too, is that like our defense in the next three, four years is going to be solid. I mean, it is have, going to be solid. We're going to have, Brent and Seabrook we need and it, Duncan dude. Keith. Looking at Keith yeah. and Seabrook, they need. Oh, that's one thing I like about getting Murphy back. We need Keith and Seabrook to play last to play penalty less, kill minutes. Less, yes, last yes. penalty kill minutes because neither of them have been very good. They've not been good enough defensively, five on five, or on the penalty kill this season. Mm-hmm. Seems like they're playing too many minutes right now, and any additional time that will keep them off the ice, right. you know, 
I mean, keep this, them fresh for important moments. Right, right. I mean, at this age, you can't expect them to go out and play like 23, 24 minutes a night. And no, that's, you know, that's where they make mistakes. And, and we can see guys I mean, like Gustav Forsling playing 20 minutes yes, a night. Connor Murphy yes. playing around 20 minutes. You can even push Eric Gustafson's minutes up there if he's mm-hmm. playing the right way that said game, you know. But, but I think that's that's what's going to get their their play back on track is is limited minutes. They'll exactly. be fresh, you know, you know they're not out there every other shift or you know on a penalty kill or power play. And I mean, like I said, I'm excited. I mean, we got uh, Boquist, Blake Hillman, uh, Bodan, and Bodan. You know, that's going to be a solid yeah. top four. And Ian if you Mitchell, could, if you if you can move Keith and see Yoki Forsling, dude, like we have young yeah. potential defensively, and it's going to be an exciting next three, four years and, and watch those and guys progress. The, yeah. Here's the problem too, is that now we have so many depth defensive guys and our forward prospects, you know, we're kind of, we don't really have anyone coming up. So yeah, like, I know. what are we so going to do with all these I think that's why we got to use our money and go yeah. get, a, go get that. I go get that left wing for Taze and sod. Mm-hmm. That would be a big boost. I think. Um, but yeah, Nylander. I think we have, Oof. I'd love oh, to see that would between be Kane nice and move. That would be a beautiful move. The price would have to be right though. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's closing in. I mean, they've been saying that for two weeks now, but I know. I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see December 1st, right? I think that's when he's either. Is that the, is that the decision day? I think it's Sunday by like five o'clock Eastern or some, sometime oh, like that, man. where that's, that's where it's got to go down. That would suck if he sits out. What a kill. Even yeah, to him, like, I just can't. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, how would you not want to join that? Start like even at least sign like a bridge deal, and then when you're playing with guys like that, then you could just go off and then sign a one year. Agent. Yeah, and then you, you know, know people are going to watch you. Yeah, I think he's I probably. No yeah, but it just boggles my mind how you could sit out when you have that many stars know, right? and a solid chance of being it's a true contender. Oh, just imagine how dirty that team would be with Nylander. The power like just, play. Just, just added to that team. I mean, Imagine their power play against our penalty kill. Ugh. <laughs> There's just no chance. No chance. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, so, yeah. So, going back to the Blackhawks now, back to the defense. Another defenseman that I want to talk about that's been very good so far coming up, Gustav Forsling. Yes. In his six games, he's got four assists, averaging around 20 minutes. He also has 11 shots in those six games, which you like to see from – our defensemen that have not produced very much this season. Mm. And we've seen those flashes from Gustav in each of his yes. first two seasons, but we just haven't seen the consistency mm. each of the last two seasons. He's been sent back down to Rockford after playing uh, a decent stretch of games for the Hawks. I just have kind of the feeling that uh, he's going to be up for the rest of the season, no matter mm-hmm. what kind of success we have right. as a team. Hopefully he'll just progress uh, over kind of his first full season. He's got about 65 games left here. So, uh, he's also versatile, can play either side. We saw him playing the right side, even though he's left-handed on that top pairing with Duncan Keith. Uh, but I, I think the best top line for the Hawks is Yoki Haru next to Keith. Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, worked. yeah, yeah. We've seen both of them kind of struggle without being uh, paired with each other the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw uh, this news today, Henry Yoki Haru, questionable for tonight it's with sick. yeah with an illness. So. Obviously, if he's not able to go, we'd see both Brandon Manning and Jan Ruda in the lineup Oof. tonight. Yeah, you don't like to see that. Um, two guys that have uh, struggled this season have some bad plus-minus numbers. Uh, Brandon Manning, I think, man. Two-year deal. He's Oof, tough. That's rough. He's tough. He. I like his 
physical style of play, but he's just not been strong enough in front of the net. I, I, mm-hmm. I like him better than Ruda, I think. Yeah, definitely. Ruda's definitely. just too slow to play at the NHL level. Exactly. His game is I just don't think he transitions. And some power play. Yeah, I just don't think the big thing about Jan Ruda, I just don't think his game has evolved from European ice. I don't think yeah. he's at the speed. It's, just... it's he right. To defend on Russia. Um, his game. I can't believe the deal we gave him though. That was way too much money for two and a half mil. Someone that he struggled last season hard, and his offensive game was good. I think he had seven goals or something last season. Yeah, he was put. He was potting them every once. He was potting goals, but his flaws in the uh, you know in the defensive zone were very very apparent. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's solid at times, but yeah, just not not. An NHL caliber two and a half mil kind of guy. Yeah, he's just not a guy we should have spent two and a half mil on because he wasn't going to help us defensively. And I thought it was yeah. clear last season that our defense, you know, was not going to be able to hold up with the same guys. What did we brought the same guys right back? Right, kind yeah. of an interesting move. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I can't, I can't blame it all on the defense. Uh, at the same time, going back and watching the tapes, all the black, all the goals the Blackhawks allow. A lot of them are breakdowns in the coverage. We saw it, you know, in that Washington game going back to it in the first, what was it, 20 seconds there? 20 seconds mm-hmm. in the game when Nick Schmaltz, <laughs> classic, decided to play the puck instead of the man, and they had that two-on-one in front of that. Yeah. Go, there you go, 20 seconds into the game against the Washington Capitals, defending Stanley Cup champions, are down one nothing on the road. Right. So, we see, but... those, we see those plays happen. We saw it Saturday night against Florida. That uh, cold that play, Colton Sevier walked the puck into the zone. Oh, yeah. We saw Alexander Fortan and John Hayden got caught puck watching, and they just all went, three guys. Not all three the of line. them. Three yeah. guys are playing Colton Sevier. One, first off, it's so Colton Sevier, <laughs> the sniper, <laughs> yeah. the sniper. Colton Sevier. I'm gonna refer to him as a sniper from now on because sure, I guess that's the black. That's how, I guess that's how the Blackhawks play him. Blackhawks and Colton Sevier's going Bardowski. Yeah, we got some bad scouting. <laughs> that senior guy's a tank. Right. But, uh, he just walks the puck into the zone. And we have two forwards go right to him. No one picks up Jared McCann and just roofs that backhand. That was so gross. Freely walks in the zone, gets himself handed a breakaway. Mm. And these type of plays, they happen night that, in, night out for the Hawks. Yeah, and that's they, what kills them. That's what kills them. They're not, they don't have the roster where they can afford to shoot themselves in the foot. Absolutely. And, and here they are. Yep. Every night, all season long, there's some sort of lapse in the defense that leads to a goal. Mm-hmm. There are 24 it, games. I said it earlier. It just kills the momentum. It kills the momentum. Happens. They've yet to play a complete 60-minute game. Yeah. I, I mean, mean the long the days are over, but just that just puck possession. just Puck possession team, and no matter and... no matter who you were playing, you just found a way to win. Right. Didn't matter how the game was going. Mm-hmm. Miss those days. Miss it was, those it's days. Tough. But, yeah, so cool. last last six games, 3-2-1. and one. Carlton, I guess it. You know, it's ugh, we have ups and downs, so it's really hard to say the Hawks are playing better. But mm-hmm. they need to clean up their play in their own zone. But we see spurts where they are playing really well, like last game versus right. Florida. I think we saw maybe the Hawks play their best or one of their best periods of the season. Down two, mm-hmm. heading into the third, they came out firing on all cylinders and really looked yeah. like they had that genuine sense of urgency for the first right. time that right. really grabbed my attention. Uh-huh. Uh, in the third period in overtime, they all shot the Panthers twenty-two to four. Yeah. So they yeah. dominated the pace of play. Arguably one that, of the best periods. Yes, yeah. Dominated the pace of play and route to that gigantic comeback. 
Alex DeBrinkin couldn't have come up bigger scoring that game time goal just eight seconds left. Huge. Able to snap that eight-game road losing streak in dramatic fashion to Eric Gustafson, overtime winner. Hopefully the Hawks Gus. can build. Yeah, Gus continues Gus to show is like offense. Forsling, man. It's like they both show those flashes. I know. He's just got to be better defensively. Yeah, he has Gus. to be. If he wants to yeah. be a top-four guy, he has to be better. Best slap pass around the Hawks, though. Oh, I know. He just has those moments where right, he, he makes you want to love him. And then, yeah. like we saw in that Sevier goal, he was a little, the literal last man back. Mm-hmm. As a defenseman, you could not be the last man back. Like the literal last floats man over for both teams. The 10th man, the tenth man right. back. You can't be doing that. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, build some momentum after stealing those two points in Sunrise. Uh, we got some tough opponents coming up for the Hawks, yes. so they need to get it moving in the right Rough direction schedule. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so currently if we look at the Blackhawks, they're 9-10-5 with 23 points and are three points behind the Dallas Stars for a playoff spot currently. After Vegas tonight, you go and look at the schedule. The Blackhawks go on the road to play the Jets and the Predators, and then Oof. after playing the Predators, they have a back-to-back uh, at home against Calgary. So all three okay. of those teams are currently in a playoff position and playing well. Those games are going to be big tests to the Hawks' defense and their will to win against uh, good teams, against legit cup contenders, you know, Winnipeg, Nashville. They have those playoff atmospheres every night in their home arena, and the Hawks uh, against really good teams. Their weaknesses have been exposed so far, and it's starting to get to that crucial time of the season where the good teams are going to separate. Yeah, the good teams are going to separate. Yeah, the good teams are going to separate themselves from the pack. Uh And it's an extremely tough division. Hawks are going to see good teams quite frequently this season. Mm-hmm. So it's Absolutely. important that they start getting themselves to play the right way against these good teams early or else they're going to be playing catch-up all winter, and that's right. not it's where not, we want to be. Not fun hockey to play as the players and not fun hockey to watch as fans. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. This, is, this, this is the point where you're either a playoff team or you're not. I mean, it's yeah. so early enough. It's go time. Turn, turn it around, yeah, but it needs to be done because in our division especially it's – I mean, I'm still I'm surprised we're three points out of the playoffs. Yeah, probably. honestly, honestly, but just, that's not going to be there. Overtime losses. That is not going to be there for long. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, those games are going to be crucial. We see Vegas tonight, but uh, obviously we have some tough games ahead. But you need to take it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Looking at Vegas tonight, uh, Hawks need to uh, jump on a struggling road team. Uh, I think. What do I have here? Vegas. They are 12-12-1 coming in to this game. But looking at Vegas, they are 5-9 and nine on the road, and the Hawks are 5-3-3 three and three at home. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the Hawks can continue to ride that momentum. take advantage, yep. I'll fire in the first period, something they failed to do in each of their last three games. Jump out to that early lead and never look back. Get a, mm-hmm. get a lead, play shutdown defense, and ride Corey Crawford to a victory. Yes, I mean, that's what it's going to have to play be. Play good yeah. in front of him. Just play good in front of him. Uh, hopefully – um, uh, vintage Chicago Blackhawks style. We'll get some uh, help from Dylan Strom and Perlini tonight. Yes. Uh, I don't, ex- you know, they only had one practice, so well, that's why they're yeah, probably I mean, slated on that fourth line with Kruger. Right. Obviously, that's I mean, not what you traded them to be. Exactly. But, I mean, it's it's kind of the thing. It's like, do you do you bring them in and put them in the spot where you, you want and expect them to be or slot them on the fourth line with Kruger? I mean, it's kind of hard. I'm sure, you know, at some point yeah, in this game, the, the lines will so. get – yeah, the lines will get juggled up. But it's like, you're, you know, you get traded and you're like, okay, you know, I got top six or top nine roll with them. 
bam, you're starting off with Kruger on the fourth line. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, all right. The Kruger's, like, Kruger's in the Hattie tonight, baby. Yeah, it's like you, well, you guys got to be the shutdown line. You know, you're not going to get really much offensive time, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, power yeah, play. So of course, yeah, power play needs to uh, you get the puck in the back of the net. Continue. Mm-hmm. Continue uh, playing well, but you gotta put the you gotta put the puck on that. You gotta gotta shoot it to score. So right. need more of that. Uh, hopefully, we got the right guys out on the ice for the power play units. Uh, Henry Okiharu, Hopefully, he'll be able to suit up. But if not, next guys need to be ready to step up. Mm-hmm. Tonight should be a good one. Corey Crawford in net for the Hawks. Mark Andre Fleury likely in net for Vegas. Fleury is coming off of back-to-back shutouts. Yeah. Vegas has uh, outscored their opponents 8 nothing the last two games, and Fleury's allowed just two goals in his last three outings. Vegas has won three in a row. But as I said, they have obviously shown flaws on the road, so hopefully we'll be able to cool off Vegas. They do have a hot goaltender going for them right now, but Blackhawks are going to have to get on him early and often. Cannot afford to fall behind. And a hot Max Pacioretty from getting it going over there. Yeah, absolutely. Six the, uh, goals in his last five games. Yeah, Patches, Patches has been playing well. Marcheseau and Carlson are the two leading point getters for that team. Marcheseau has 20 points. Carlson has 18. We've seen Vegas, they've been better of late, but obviously they're not off uh, to the start that they were last no. season. So crazy to see uh, kind of Vegas struggle this season. They're 20th on the power play currently, so they've struggled on the power play as well, but they are six on the penalty kill. Of course, the Blackhawks are dead last mm-hmm. in the NHL in the power play. So, pucks on that, you know, it's a way to beat a good penalty kill. You mm-hmm. got to enter the zone. You got to enter it with force. You got to want to have the puck. The entries, Hopefully, yes, yes exactly. That's, Hopefully, that's where half the problem is. We can't even get exactly. In the zone you can't even walk into up. the zone. It's tough. It's it's so annoying watching other games. It just seems how easy it is for them to just get set I know. up. I right watching away. the good power like, plays just rock it into the zone. It's ridiculous. It makes us look so soft on yeah. the puck. It's yeah. ridiculous. Ooh, and no more dropping back to Schmaltz and Kane entry. Dude, we'll see Strom really, back there with that. Drop, let's push him back entry <laughs> to Dylan Strom in the first game. Strom Kruger, Strom Kruger <laughs> out of that power play. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if um, I wonder if Strom. I saw Strom was slotted on the second power play unit where Schmaltz was uh, playing center. Okay. So hopefully you know. Yeah, he's a good faceoff man, which I'm excited to see. Yeah, that's what we need. We need we need that, that with Anisimov. Never a oh. good face. Oh man, Artem Anisimov. He's the next one that needs to go. Yeah, I was talking yeah. about it today on Twitter. Artem Anisimov has three more years at four and a half million dollars per season. It's tough. How bad is that? It's tough. I mean, he's he's a decent player. He but... really only looks good when he plays with Kane. He's just a big lug. Yeah. No speed. I mean, yeah, he's just I don't know good what for happened to him. net front presence. Yeah, well, but I mean, not playing with Keenan Panarin, but <laughs> very sure. Right, yeah, but like, what team? Part. What team would take that? I mean, what team I know. Has cap and the space? thing is, what team has he has that, that he has that partial no movement oh, that's clause. Right. Ten teams. Or this something. yeah, this past summer he had to give a list of ten teams who he'd be willing to get traded to, and you can only imagine. What 10 teams, you know, if someone asks you, right. what 10 teams you want to get traded to? Oh, uh, let's go the Lightning, the Penguins, the Jets, the Predators, yep. <laughs> the Capitals. <laughs> I'm going to the Avalanche. Like, I'm going anywhere with the Sharks. Like, I'm going somewhere good. You're not going to – or some, and he's, you know, he doesn't have that home – he's not like a Canadian boy where, oh, I want to go play back home or something. He's a Russian. Right. So, right. he's probably going to put 
good teams that he'd want to play for, I'm sure. So teams that probably don't have too much money uh, in cap space. So he's going to be a hard piece to move. I feel like, I feel like he kind of almost has that Brian Bickle status where we're going to have to trade someone young to get rid of him. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. Which I unfortunate, mean, of course, we lost Tavo Teravainen. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, oh. I would have. Oh, him and the whole squad. I would have just ridden the storm oh. out with Brian Bickle and kept Teravainen. Oh, that one hurts. So bad. I mean, this team would look ridiculous right now if we held on to the pieces. No salary and, cap. But that's the problem, too. We probably wouldn't have been able to. But Vinny Hinnestrosa, too. I mean, I'm not sure. How, I don't think he's been doing that great out No, out I think desert, he's got, but... like, 10 points, I think I saw. He's got 10 points so far this season. Four goals, I want to say. Mm. But, um, man, Arizona's just – Arizona Blackhawks out there. Yeah. I was looking at their lineup tonight. They, yeah, they, they really are. But looking at their lineup, they have six former Blackhawks in their lineup tonight. Mm-hmm. Anti Ranta. Nicholas Yalmerson, Jordan Osterley, Richard Panic, <laughs> Vinny Anastroza, and Nick Schmaltz all are playing for the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Richard Panic, the one the one year wonder. Yeah, what Gosh. what happened to him? Yeah, I don't know. I, what do you have twenty something twenty something goals? Low twenties? Yeah, he, he had like something right around twenty or something. I don't like yeah. man, but what did he have? That twenty two goalless game drought? Yeah, that was really scored that dirt that turnaround goal against the Sens, and then we shipped oh, them out yeah. like four nights later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like, all right, you finally got one. You're fucking worth something, <laughs> right? Yeah, but uh, uh, that's not a trade I don't regret at all. No, it, that was good getting rid of him. I think he was like two point five mil or something. Get him off the books. Duclair's doing pretty good though. Anthony Duclair, tough to see him. Yeah, he's on yeah. playing on their fourth line and getting power play minutes, and he's got eight goals. Like mm-hmm. that would be nice. I wish we, that I wish we would have given given him more of a chance. Yeah, I liked him with us. I mean, that's the I, I did. about these the young guys we had like Schmaltz, uh, Anastroza, and like Duclair, just the speed game and the skill game. Yes, and it's just like when you got Artem and Isimov, David Camp. I mean, Fortan's got some jets on him, but. I mean, Kruger, our, our bottom six are just slow. Speaking of, yeah, slows. Alexander Fortan, he's, he's got six goals in his first 19 NHL games, but his speed has been noticeable pretty much in every game. I feel like he has he a moment where you're like, wow. Blockets. Yeah, he can I forget, fly. I forget what game it was, but there was like a two-on-one, or like it was turning into a 2 Is that where he came back-checking? No, he like had the puck up against like the left wing side, and he just put his head down and just motored to the net. And <laughs> there's like a two on out. There's no They're doubt, like... without a doubt, he's the fastest skater on the team. Yeah, he's fast. He's used it well. He's had multiple breakaways this season. <laughs> that one against Tampa oh, Bay just oh, snaps his stick. That just that's that, that sums. Yeah, himself. I was literally just about to say that sums up the entire season. Breakaway and the stick snaps in half. Oh gosh! If his hands can ever catch up to his speed, he could be a lethal second, yeah. third line winger for the Hawks. But at the yeah. same time, I could see him being like uh, a Nick Schmaltz or Vinny Hennestrosa. I think he could benefit from maybe some more time in Rockford down the stretch, maybe a Secura call-up. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. Either. Yeah, I know. Um, they were saying they were really in no rush for him. Want to give him some experience at all facets of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just him. You know, it's really it's his first full year. It's out of college this is really his right. first full year to pro hockey so there's gonna be some adjustments even playing to the ahl level of speed but you got to think at some point here if you know this was the first time we scored five goals since october 7th right against the panthers span. we hadn't scored five goals in a month and a half 
Yeah. So at some point, you got to call up your offensive weapons. And right. He's someone that you could say, you could slot him on the third line and he could probably go get some goals for you, get him some power play minutes. Uh-huh. And we've just struggled with, like I said earlier, Kunitz and Hayden. I, I like Hayden John Hayden, but – one his, point yeah, and one goal in 16 forward. games. I know. Yeah. I don't want – he's a frustrating guy. I want to see yeah. make, make a bigger leap. I like his – he he's can cycle the puck. Player. Yeah, he's, yeah a smart, he's, a, he's a smart player. He can cycle the puck. Smart, yep, it just seems like, it seems like he can't find any room. I feel like he's always cycling along the boards, but he does a good job of that. Yeah. He's a fourth liner. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But with this team, we need, we need some chipping in. Right. It's so tough, too, to just look at our team and, like, teams around with the just the stupid depth like you got the the lightning i mean obviously we're not close to being the lightning but just seeing how good their depth is and how like good speed like great point just and how easy they make passes look in the power play look right they make the power play look so easy you got 20 goal scorer connor brown on the fourth line yeah they got like josh levo freddie gautier i saw a tweet where i was like i believe oh (laughs) josh levo scored a goal Oh man, I miss those days. Frickin' Bolin, Kruger, and Froleek on the fourth line. Yeah, I mean that's a solid fourth line. Yeah, right. Just, I just feel like we're just signing all these guys from overseas, and just they're just depth. Extra it's gonna be guys. interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see how what what kind of moves we make this off season. Uh, some guys that are going to be free agents for the Hawks. We uh, see a Jan Ruda and. Probably not going to bring him back. We're thinking Chris Kunitz is looking like we're not going to bring him back. See you. Um, Marcus trade deadline bait. Marcus Kruger is a free agent, um, but he's taking up two point or whatever crazy money he's making right now. He's obviously not going to get that after this year. Right. Um, so we're losing. We're going to have some money to spend. Is what I think I'm trying Tyler to Johnson say. is a free agent. That'd be pretty solid too. Oh, that would be. He's been playing well as of late. Yeah, I mean, he he might get the money, though. But Tampa Bay, they, they got to resign point when he comes up, and that's going to be expensive. He has been – Oh, yeah. He's been fantastic. I love – I mean, Nikita Kucherov on my fantasy team has been awesome, but Braden Point's been scoring all the He's goals. He's been killing it on my fantasy team. <laughs> What's he got? What's he got now, 17? Let me check. Hold on. I think he's got 17 or 18, something along those lines. But just watch, just seeing teams like that with crazy progression from a guy like him out of nowhere. He literally right. just progressed so fast. Like, we need that so badly from somebody. I want – God, I want to see Dylan Strom just get that connection with Alex DeBrinkett that they had mm-hmm. in the so, OHL. How nice would that be? That would – I mean, that's, that's going to be the seal of trade if it could happen. Exactly. The solidify that second line. Get to Brinkett, uh, Stroman, whoever on that right wing side, maybe Ortiz side, maybe Cahoon or someone on that line, maybe Perlini, as I said I, earlier. That's what I, was, that's what I was. I forgot to talk about. Like, or Sam Perlini are both left wings, but I think I mean, you know. You at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can kind of put yeah. those guys on either side. Right. It's not like I defensemen mean, where it really matters uh-huh. what side you're playing on. Right. Right. So, Braden Point, 24 games played, 17 goals, 14 assists. Yeah, that would be nice. 31 points. That is crazy. More than Stamkos. <laughs> yeah, he's progressed out of nowhere. Could use I remember that, that first year he came up on the Lightning, like, just missed the playoffs for, like, two points. I think that was, like, two years ago. 
And then Stamkos got hurt, and Braden Point just out of nowhere just jumped up in that first line role. And just remember when they just slayed. Remember when they just gave away Josh? So did oh my Panthers. god! Yeah, they literally gave him. I can't they, believe the, the Panthers, Panthers literally him. handed Vegas their <laughs> For top line. Riley Smith. They literally handed them the, the top line the of a Stanley Cup contender. Just yeah. here, just take Riley Smith and Marshall. So we don't want them. <laughs> That's disastrous, man. Uh, Florida. Oh, thank God we were able to beat them. Yeah, that we were able to come back and get that win. Off. That would have really put a damper on the mood, losing those yeah. three road games. Of course, that well, we had that eight-game road losing streak prior to beating the Panthers on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Would have been at nine. Like we cannot cannot be playing that way right now. That would have been a long long night at beerability if they lost. That would have been definitely <laughs> long night. Long night at the bar. <laughs> Tequilas. Yeah. Hawks, yeah, Hawks are playing okay at home, five three and three. Hate to see those overtime losses. You like uh, able to get a point, but they've been killed. They've been killed on the road this season, and mm-hmm. they need to progress. And they got Nashville and Winnipeg coming up, so those are going to be some tough games. Corey Crawford, yeah. <laughs> Craw- gonna Crawford's going to gonna have to stand on his head. It's, that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. So. Tonight, I'm extremely excited to watch the two new Blackhawks make their debuts, and hopefully it will be in winning fashion. So that about wraps it up for us here. Um, Eric, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it, big guy. Absolutely. That was some fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Episode of Talking Hockey, Jack Bushman with Money Bags Hurt over here. Until next time, go Hawks. Hopefully the Blackhawks get a win tonight against Vegas. Uh, Until next time, everybody, peace out.